everyone. Welcome to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We invite you to join our mission to love like Jesus, and you can connect with us on social media or visit our website, csvineyard.org. Now for this week's talk. So we're here this morning to talk about the scripture, the Bible. Uh, why, why read it? What are we doing? So um, you heard forgotten his name, Gumble, uh, um, speak, and I want to share with you uh, my thoughts related to this. Uh, we're going to have a scripture read, so we want you to stand up as we do at Vineyard um, to show our respect to the scripture. Um, if you, uh, This is Psalm 119, and if you need, uh, there are Bibles at the back, and it's on page 630 and 632. Psalm 119 is a hugely long psalm, and the two passages I've chosen are from opposite ends of the psalm, so they're actually a couple pages apart. Um, so first, uh, Psalm 119, uh, verses uh, 17 to 18, and then uh, verses uh, 105 to 108. Be good to your servant, that I may live and obey your word. Open my eyes to see the wonderful truths in your instructions. Your word, verse 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. I've promised it once and I will promise it again. I will obey your righteous regulations. I've suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again as you have promised. Lord, accept my offering of praise and teach me your regulations. Amen. Be seated. So I was a pastor, as uh, Amos pointed out, for 35 years. And I'm retired now. I have been for just about a year. It's been just about a year since I last preached a sermon anywhere. Um, So this is interesting experience for me after a year. Um, I, I served mostly in smaller country churches until I ended up in Malvern. Um, and these little country villages often have a country store in them that's kind of a combination of store and cafe and stuff like that. And I heard a story which I thought was very relevant to our message today about a, a store and an owner of a country store like that uh, who loved the Bible, and he quoted the Bible every time he made a sale. So he would sell some candy to a kid and say, you know, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, Mark 10, 14. Or he would sell a pair of jeans and said, won't he surely clothe you, O ye of little faith? Matthew 6, 30. Um, And um, his store, you know, it was the gathering place for his little village. And so people would sit around and drink coffee and shoot the breeze. And they were always amused by the uh, owner's Bible quotes as he sold something. Well, one day someone from out of town came in looking for a hat. And the storekeeper showed him the different hats that he had out and the stranger was not impressed. He said, don't you have anything better? don't mind paying for a good hat. Well, the, the owner realized the guy was a bit of a snob. 
and you know he uh, obviously was wealthy. So he went back in the back and got another hat out um, that was actually the same price, but he said it was twenty-five dollars more. <laughs> and the guy and the guy bought the hat. So when he rang it up, all the locals were staring at the owner, wondering what Bible passage he might quote now. At first he hesitated, but just as the man went out the door, he said, Matthew 25, 35, he was a stranger and I took him in. Of course, that's not what that passage means. But a lot of people don't know how to tell what a Bible passage means for themselves because they haven't read it very much. Or they'll say how easy it is to, um, to read the scripture any way you want and use that as an excuse not to try to understand it. Um, but we want to be able to read the Bible for ourselves and we want to be able to understand it for ourselves um, because the Bible is our first and primary source for us to know God better. It's what speaks to us. God's word is great. It's awesome. It tells us how we were made. It tells us how to live. It tells us how much he loves us. He came in Christ and died for us. So we could love him and live in him. And how he gave the Holy Spirit so we could live new kinds of lives. You know, I love the word of God. Well, at least I love it when I'm doing, you know, being spiritual. <laughs> um, and I hope you do. And if you don't love it, I hope this morning to convince you at least to read it for yourself. Because I think if you do, you will come to love it the way I have. There was a time um, in the church that the church was telling people that the way to be forgiven was mostly by giving to the church. There was even a slogan used at the church by the church at that time which said something like, uh, it was probably in different language, but when a coin from the coffer rings, a soul from purgatory springs. But one man chose to read the Bible for himself, and he decided that the church was wrong, and it, that it was clear that the Bible said that belief in Jesus was what set us free. And of course, um, you know, the whole of the Reformation started because People like Martin Luther, he wasn't the only one, but people like Martin Luther uh, read the Bible for themselves. And he posted 95 reasons the church was wrong on a church door. It got him in a lot of trouble. Um, but God speaks to us through his word if we'll listen. Now, I happen to know someone who was um, a member of one of my churches who believed God would bless him financially, automatically, because he was a Christian. And I tried to dissuade him of this a little bit, but he, he was a person who was mostly ruled by his feelings and, and didn't really 
depend very much on the Bible. And he, he wanted to start his own restaurant. And he was so excited. He showed me his business plan. And he said he felt it was God's leading for him. But I could read the business plan. And I went, oh, oh my goodness. You know, he doesn't have the money to make it work. And I cautioned him that his excitement might just be him and not from God. And I, I asked him, there were several good Christian businessmen in the church, go see these people and talk to them about the business plan before you start. But he went and started the restaurant right away. And guess what? In two years, it was closed. And in the end, he blamed God for not keeping his promises. He didn't want to have anything to do with God. To my mind, this man had problems with his understanding of what God said to him because he didn't understand the word of God very well. He hadn't prayed very much or read the scripture very much about how to make good decisions, major decisions in your life. And he didn't seek the wise counsel of others, which the Bible recommends. And in the end, he blamed God for his restaurant's failure. If he had read more, if he had listened more and prayed more, I think he could have avoided the heartache. Many well-meaning people have similar problems in their lives. They may be very different kinds of problems, but they're similar because they haven't read the Bible very much or they don't understand very much of what God has to say to them through God's word. Good understanding of the Bible will lead to a good understanding of God. And, you know, poor or non-existent Bible knowledge just leaves you at sea. You just don't know what you're doing. I hope you understand and love God's word and want to hear it better. If you want to know God, you need to know his word. That's why the psalmist is saying, open my eyes to see the wonderful truths. Or um, he exclaims, your word is a lamp to guide my feet. One of my biggest frustrations as a pastor over the years was to encounter people who had very little desire to study the, God, the word of God or read, just read the Word of God. And a lot of church people didn't actually say it, but it was quite clear they thought it was the pastor's job to do that and interpret it to them, and they really shouldn't have to spend any time on it at all themselves. After all, you know, a church hires someone from seminary who's trained in all that stuff. I'm not trained in all that stuff. Um, why not leave it to them? The answer is that the scripture often says those who really seek God desire to read his word. In the book of Acts, in Acts 17, Luke tells us about the people who were in the town of Berea. If we can put that up, yeah. The people and the people in the town of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. They listened eagerly to Paul's message. And they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. As a result, many Jews believed, as did many prominent Greek men and women. Women and men. I got that backwards. <laughs> Luke exalts that the brands were more open-minded or, or more 
clear-minded than those in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures for themselves. They didn't just depend on what they were being told. So why, why don't a lot of people read the scriptures for themselves? The usual answer I got as pastor right away was, well, our lives, pastor, we're just too busy. And I would ask, well, busy doing what? <laughs> as busy as we are in our culture and time and society, we have more free time and more time to do hobbies and other activities than any other time in history. So too often the problem is we let circumstances, what's going on in our lives, decide for us what to do. Or we just sit down in front of our computers or these days phones or TV and uh, we want to be entertained. But we can choose differently. We can choose to read God's word. So if you've, if you've made the choice and you want to read God's word, we need to think about it because we need to understand it. And while you understand first, you understand the Bible the way you understand any other book. You read the, you know, the, the nouns and the verbs and the adverbs and the adjectives and you put them all together into sentences and it makes sense. Don't worry, this is not going to turn into an English class. Um, but um, the better you read, the better you'll understand it. Now, I knew a guy at a church before I was a pastor who had worked in a Chrysler assembly plant who barely passed high school and could hardly read at all. And he became a Christian. And he knew that to know God, he needed to be able to read God's word. So he got the help he needed to learn how to read better. And eventually, he, he was someone who spent an hour or two a day reading the word of God. And he became an elder in his church. You know, if you have trouble reading, there's help out there. But one of the best things you can do to help yourself learn to read is to just spend time reading. And you might as well use the Bible. <laughs> Sometimes just understanding the words, though, isn't enough. There are people who understand the words of the Bible and don't understand it at all because to understand the scriptures you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the reason I say that is because the the Bible is a spiritual book it's not just you know a novel you know it's not a John Grisham novel you know it's to understand the scriptures you need the spirit inside you the the Bible comes from God and it's a spiritual book and while Someone without God's spirit can interpret the words correctly. It, they won't be able to take it to heart and apply it to their lives unless they're a Christian. Um, you have to have turned your life over to Jesus and accepted his forgiveness and been filled with the spirit to really be able to take those words and make them live in you and be alive in you. Well, someone hearing me say that will say, but even Christians disagree about the meaning of God's word. And it's true. They do. 
There are certainly passages for which that is true, that Christians disagree about the meanings of those passages. But there are far fewer of them than people give you that, the impression of that. And it doesn't give us an excuse to stop trying to figure out what it means, which is what they're doing. There's only one God. There's one word. And, and it's from him. And that word is true. And the fact that some of us mess up understanding it, of course, I never do. But, now, but, but some of us mess up understanding what that is. It's not a good, good excuse to quit trying. Now, in reality, I know I, I mess up understanding the word of God at times. Um, so I want to go over an, a real quick outline with you of how to understand God's word better. And there's a, a handout uh, at the back um, on the table um, that uh, if you're in the small groups, they're going to give you. But in the, uh, if you're not going to stay, you should grab. It will have that outline on it. Um, I don't expect you to memorize this. Um, and it's just tips to help you get started. Um, and the better you know how to read the Word of God the better you will be at understanding how much God loves you and what a difference it makes. So there, there are different ways people suggest to do that, buy a study Bible, buy a commentary. Those things are only as good as the person who wrote them. They're not any more inspired than I am, probably. <laughs> so you still got to judge whether the commentator or the note writer did a good job. So... I want to suggest this outline so you can decide. And if you hear someone say something really weird about the Bible, if Amos comes up here and he says strange things, and you go, no, that can't be right, you can check it out. Maybe he is right, even though it sounds strange. Oh, but maybe he's not. Who knows? Um, but but um, you'll be able to decide for yourself. And when you hear the scripture used to tell us the truth, which I believe Amos does 99.9% of the time. Uh, you'll be able to say with a whole heart, amen. And you'll understand the scripture and your own spiritual life in a much deeper way. Now, it would be nice if I could give you this whole outline and fill it out with details and stuff like that, but we would be here for the next uh, three months or something like that, because seminaries give you a whole course on how to understand the Bible, and it's, it's one of the hardest courses you have to take in some ways, but, and for, for that reason, a lot of pastors don't talk about how to understand the Bible better, um, but it really isn't that hard. Um, you just need to take more time to read and pay more attention to what you're reading. So, outline. First element, start with prayer. It's God's word. You want to hear him speak, right? So you need to ask him to speak through it to you. It's a spiritual book. It's not just trying to be a good scholar here. You want to talk to God about it. And if God doesn't help you, you might miss the meaning of what is in that word for you that day. Second thing is probably the hardest thing for people to, to, to get and deal with. 
It's to take a humble look at ourselves and what we already think it means. Because sometimes what the Bible has to say is not what we already think it means. And we need to be willing to hear what God speaks to us and be willing to change our minds. And believe me, that's hard. When I think I've already got my theology and all my ducks in a row, and God comes in with this scripture and just... I'm there going, no, 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 that can't be right. But it is if it's God's word. We need to take a humble look at ourselves before God and be willing to change as the scriptures speak to us. And, of course, then we need to actually read. (laughs) It would be good to read it if you're actually reading it. Um, Spend your time reading the Bible. Often I'm asked which translation to use. You know, there are some translations that are more accurate to the original languages, some easier to read. My answer usually is read the translation you'll read the most, the one you're most comfortable with, because the most important thing is that you read it and you read it a lot. The, the, the important thing is not whether you get every jot and tittle correct in your brain. God will lead you to that if you're reading it more. It also helps to have a basic idea of the Bible story, and I'm going to do a really basic version of the Bible story in about a minute or two here, because the whole story of the Bible is orchestrated by God. He talked about it being written by 40-plus authors over a period of 1,600 years, but God orchestrated all those people like Christopher Wren did with the Uh, St. Paul's. I've been to St. Paul's. Those pictures don't do it justice. It's gorgeous. You only get the beauty of the scripture by reading it yourself. Anyway, um, but the, the, the the story of the Bible, very simple. Old Testament's just a few points. Genesis says God created us and we were good. God created you, and you were good. But uh, we messed it all up. And the Bible calls that sin. Sin is just a word, fancy word, used to describe making a mess of your relationship. So if I make a mess of my relationship with Wendy one morning because I say something stupid to her, that's you know my fault. Um, that's what sin is. We said something stupid to God like, I'm going to eat this apple, uh, and I'll be brilliant, and I'll be, be like God. And God said, no, you won't. The whole rest of the Old Testament then is the next point on the outline. Because the whole rest of the Old Testament, patriarchs, Israel, all of that, prophets, everything, are... God seeking us to restore us back into a love relationship after we blew it apart. And we continue to mess it up. <laughs> and we don't succeed until Jesus comes along. And that's the beginning of the New Testament. The New Testament begins with the Gospels. Four different witnesses, in case you didn't get it from the first guy, you get it to read it over again from the second and the third and the fourth, and they're all a little different. Um, about how God sent Jesus to, to reestablish our relationship with him. 
God had Jesus teach us and heal us and love us and redeem us. Jesus died and rose again to convince us of God's love, but also to change our hearts so that we could receive that love. It's not just an example. It actually changes us when we believe. And he filled us with his Holy Spirit then, when we did believe, to become new people so we could live in the blessing and love of God. The rest of the New Testament is there pretty much to show how the church struggled and worked and was blessed to live that out. And then the book of Revelation comes at the end, which is very different. It's a prophecy of the return of Christ and the new world to come. Now that description took what, two minutes maybe? Um, on the outline, it's on the back, and it's just a couple paragraphs. That's it. But it helps to, to know that much of a description of the Bible for yourself. Try and get that much into your brain. Because then when you're reading, you know about where you are in the Bible. You know what part you're, you're talking about. And that's very important. If you don't know what part of God's plan you're reading about, you may misinterpret it. Um, other important things, he, he mentions very briefly, or they mentioned very briefly, uh, uh, I think it was uh, the other guy whose name I don't know at all uh, and have not ever known. Um, <laughs> uh, he talked about reading a passage in context. You know, that just means reading the stuff before and the stuff after to make sure that you're not pulling the scripture out of context. Um, it's really important that you understand it in the surrounding material and you understand the topic you're talking about there are other passages bible passages about that topic people quote passages from the bible all the time and they quote this little portion to pour, to prove what they're saying is true and sometimes it does if you go back and you look at the surrounding passage that's what it actually says but sometimes not so much so um and if you wanted to delve into Bible passage more, you can look up the passage historically if you have a commentary or a, or a Bible study book that can help you do that. Um, because Bible history and culture are different from ours and sometimes had different expectations that can help you understand things a little bit more. Again, it's, it's not super critical. God will lead you and help you understand his word without becoming a Bible scholar. Um, so it's, but it's important. It helps us to see it. The other thing I love is the beautiful language of the Bible. You know, um, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's beautiful language. You know, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want beautiful language. There's a lot of poetry in there. That's beautiful. But there's a lot of, of prose and history and stuff. That's very wonderful too. And how a passage puts together the different kinds of language and use it all help us understand it. And we need to realize the Bible is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not a list of uh, rules or truths to follow. It contains history, poetry, proverbs, letters, songs, prophecy, gospels, and a lot of other types of writing. And all of 
that needs to be interpreted or understood in the context. You don't read a poem the way you read a history. And so it's important to understand those. So you get some of those pieces and you get them all together and you think, okay, now I understand this passage you know, that I've just read. I've, I've figured out all of the context and the, the history and the beautiful language and stuff. You're done reading it, right? Nope. The most important part is then to ask yourselves, what does this say about God? and God's relationship to us. And what it's, it's meant to be the story of God's love for us, reaching out to us. So we need to ask, how is God reaching out in this passage? Now, sometimes there are negative examples. So we need to also see how the people in the passage are responding to God, and sometimes they're not responding very well. Um, but sometimes they're receiving his love and they have great joy and new life as a result. And then we need to decide what to do with it. You know, okay, now I understand it. I understand what God was doing in the, in the passage. I understand what the people were doing in the passage. What am I going to do with that? Being good at understanding a Bible passage does not mean you're automatically good at living that out. Pastor. Learns lots of stuff. Does not mean I do it all right. I know that very well. You have to ask God's help to see what he wants you to do with this passage. And then do it. And you aren't alone. You can ask the Holy Spirit to help you apply it to your life. And if you're not clear, talk to other Christians your Christian friends, and ask them for help. So now, you're trying to apply it to your life. You're living out the scripture. You've begun to receive God's love through the word in new ways. I hope over the next few weeks, you will read God's word in a new way somehow in the next few weeks that it will take some new life onto you and you will fall in love with it more or maybe if you haven't had much experience of it at all, you will fall in love with it at least a little bit. If you've never read much scripture at all, I want to encourage you to read one of the gospels and I'm gonna choose one. I know in the video later they say you should read any gospel but I'm gonna choose the gospel of Mark for a simple reason, it's the shortest one um, so it's the easiest to and it, it's easiest to read. And before I was a believer, before I was a believer, it helped me come to the Lord. I was talking to some Christians about their faith. I was not a believer at the time. They showed me a little booklet called the Four Spiritual Laws. Anybody remember the Four Spiritual Laws? First one is something like God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, but you've you know all human beings have fallen away and things like that. And I said, they're all wrong. I disagreed with all four of those ideas at that time because I was, you know, I was not into that kind of stuff. But they kept quoting the words of Jesus to me and I, I thought Jesus was a good guy. So I was pretty sure they had to be wrong. So I read the gospel of Mark just to prove them wrong. 
yeah, you know what happened. I didn't become a Christian right at that point. But reading the Gospel of Mark showed me who Jesus was and what his basic message was. And I found Jesus fascinating. And I wanted to hope in the love of God that Jesus talked about. And this was an an important, a very important, crucial step on my journey to believe in God. So I hope you find the prospect of reading the Bible or reading it more exciting. It's God's word after all. You got a chance to read God's word. Don't you want to do that? Doesn't that sound good? And the better we understand it, the more we'll understand God's love for us and understand his truth and live the life he has for us. And the more we'll know Jesus, his son, and the scriptures, that the scriptures point to him. And it's in Jesus that we have life and are filled with his Holy Spirit so we can live that life. I hope that you are excited about the Word of God and you can go, I want to read. I want to see what he's talking about. And I want to get closer to God through it. Let's pray. Lord God, Lord, help us. Lord, Even those of us who know everything that I've said today, or at least 90% of it, is true. Lord, we struggle with it sometimes. We, We let other things take over our lives. Forgive us that we aren't as excited about your word as we really need to be, and we really should be. Lord, help us to get more excited about your word. And Have joy in reading it and be challenged by it and think about it in new ways that we may grow in the love you've given us, in the forgiveness we have through Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Thanks again for listening to the podcast of the Vineyard Church, Chester Springs. We hope you share this with your friends and family and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.